Be here Sunday? No, I didn't. I I should have. But uh, <clears throat> somebody could bring up to cancel services here Sunday at y'all's business meeting and come over to our church on Sunday. But I'm just saying. But uh, no. And then he'd asked me about preaching next Wednesday uh, as well. But I don't know if I am. So somebody find out for me. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. So uh, just let me know. I'm, I'm planning on it and I'll be ready. If I could turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4 if you would. I'm going to move this over to my good side, my water cup here. <clears throat> I appreciate the fellowship that we've had, and uh, gotten to know the church and your pastor, and it's always good to fellowship on, on, on the truth. And to start with the Lord. And we, we thank God for that. <clears throat> I want to start, and we're going to look at some passages of Scripture. I want to speak tonight on hemmed in by the Word of God. Hemmed in by the Word of God, or maybe something a little you might understand. We don't, uh, some of us younger people, we don't sew like what used to be done, so... Maybe painted in the corner by the Word of God might be a little easier for you to grasp. But, uh, you know, you just kind of, God's Word puts you in a corner. And so I want to speak here and read uh, verse 6 and 7. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> I'm going to come back to that a little later. Turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. <clears throat> The book that you have before you is not a book, the Bible, it's not merely a book for in the church house. It's a book you ought to use every day. It's not a book that you ought to pull up uh, just to get a text out of if you have to bring a lesson. It's not something you just study. Uh, every day or to check a box because you're reading through the Bible every day. It ought to be something where you're applying it in your life. And there are times when God's Word will paint you into a corner or you'll be hemmed in by the Word of God. And you'll have nowhere to turn. And a lot of times, you know, you hear folks talk about praying. To say, well, I prayed to God and He didn't answer me. Or you hear folks say, on the other hand, well, I prayed and God answered me. 
Well, be very careful because if God's answering you the way I'm talking to you, that's not how God answers. God answers us through the Bible, the Word of God. That's how He answers. He's not going to answer with an audible voice. He's not going to answer with feelings. He's not going to answer with, with, you know, with uh, 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 different things that people say today. The Bible makes it very clear that He has spoken in the last days by His Son, the Word of God. Very plainly. There are no new revelations of Scripture. It's over with. The Spirit of God is not speaking to us in any other way apart from the very revelation of Scripture. That's it. And the Bible gives us here in the book of James chapter 1 and verse 22, it tells us, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Meaning, uh, speaking of a glass, meaning a looking glass or a mirror. The Bible is referring, James is referring as that you're looking at the Bible and it is a mirror. And he goes on and it says, verse 24, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway or immediately forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. There's another uh, uh, uh Name of the Bible, if you would. You know, a lot of people think that the Bible is a bunch of rules of, here's what you can't do. The Bible says it's the perfect law of liberty. That doesn't sound like a list of things we can't do, does it? That sounds like a, a list of things that we get to do, doesn't it? Not a bunch of cannots. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and what? Continueth therein, he being not a, what? Forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the Bible describes two different individuals here. One who hears and does the, what the Word says, and one who hears only but doesn't do what the Bible says. And he says the one who hears only but doesn't do it, so the one who comes to church, hears what Brother Pierce preaches, hears what Brother Hilly preaches, and goes home and doesn't do it, He's like one who looks in the mirror, looks in a looking glass, and forgets what manner of man he is. I'd be like me, looking in the mirror and going, oh, I got one arm, turning away and going, I got two arms. And I can feel my second arm. And when I came home from the hospital... And, and early on, and I would wake up and I could feel this arm and I would think, man, it's a dream. 
And I tried to get up and it, it wasn't a dream. But that's what it was. And so you, sometimes you get hemmed in by the Word of God. And I remember the very first thing I ever got hemmed in by the Word of God on. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, you remember it too. And if you're here tonight and you're lost, you still need to be hemmed in on it and it's sin. I'd like you to turn over to the book of Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64. <clears throat> I grew up going to a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I grew up, my father was a, 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 a pastor of the Lord's kind of a church. My grandfather was raised Catholic. The Lord saved him, called him to preach. He was well known throughout Baptist uh, churches up and down uh, uh, and over and uh, east and west and in the uh, country. He preached in South America, all over. And I remember thinking, what do I need to be saved from? You know, I'm not that bad. I'm basically a good person. I go to church every single service. I didn't want to be there. Football or any sport that involved a ball or a puck, except for soccer, because that's not a sport. That was my God. And in reality, I was my God. And I remember thinking about how good of a person I was. And little by little, God began to reveal to me just how ungood I was. And it was through a series of and different messages that were preached. And one of them happened to be in the Gospel of Matthew, and it was, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, I knew my righteousness didn't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. I mean, they were, they were really good. I mean, they were really good. I mean, they tied on the mint and the anise. And I doubt very seriously if your personal righteousness is as good as theirs. But still, I had a lot of good works. I had a lot of good things. And I remember... Years before the Lord saved me, and it was just in passing. It wasn't the title of the message. It wasn't the key point of the message that night. It wasn't the the you know the text verse. It was just a. It might not have even been run scripture reference like we're doing right now. It might have just been quoted from. See, the Spirit of God can use those things. But here in Isaiah sixty four. 
and verse 6, the prophet, he says this, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Yes. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And so all my righteousnesses, all of them added up, all my good works, all of them put together, what are they? They're all together combined for all time, all the goodness that I've ever done. Guess what? It's filthy rags. You see, apart from God, all you and I will ever produce are filthy rags. Apart from God, all you and I will ever make are Ishmael's. That's it. We'll never make an Isaac. That's the work of God. Amen. See, it wasn't Abraham and Sarah who made Isaac. It was God who made Isaac through Abraham and Sarah. The best we'll ever do is making an Ishmael. And what happened to Ishmael? God rejected him, didn't he? So the best we'll ever do, God will reject. And I'm sure you've heard, I don't know if Brother Tate, he may have said it here or somewhere else, but the Hebrew here in verse 6 for filthy rags is the menstruous cloth of a woman. I mean, here, imagine taking, taking, you know, feminine used feminine hygiene products standing before a thrice holy God and saying, here you go, God. Isn't it great? That's what we're doing. I remember we had, you know, we have five kids. We cloth diapered some of them. You ever been in a hospital or nursing home and you walk by the soiled garment room? That's your righteousness. That's my righteousness. That's as good as it gets. The kids used to leave their uh, milk cups in the van. 120 degrees in Kansas. You knew it was in there, but you couldn't find it. When you did, it was solid. You just threw it away. So we'll get new cups. That's your righteousness. See, you got hemmed in by the Word of God. That God says your righteousness is unacceptable. Look over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We find here another aspect. And and I... I always grew up and I loved cops, cop stuff. 
got into law enforcement, like the law, things of that nature. You know, things to me were right, which is righteousness, that which is right. And I, I, I've looked for a you know, definition of righteousness. And the definition of righteousness is right-wiseness. And I said that doesn't help me. And I read somebody, they said righteousness, something you don't have. I said, that's pretty good. In Romans 10, verse 2, Paul writing, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. You see, they're ignorant about God's righteousness. And there's people who sit on their sound preaching just like I did, but were ignorant of His righteousness, just like Israel was. Here they had the temple, they had the sacrifices, they had all the, four, the shadows and the types, everything that pictured Christ, and they were ignorant of God's righteousness, weren't they? Amen. And we have it better than they did. We have the gospel. And there's many of us. That shows how wicked and depraved and carnal and the necessity of the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Paul goes on, he says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to what? Establish their own righteousness. Why do we go about to establish our own righteousness? Because of our own pride and our own glory. We want the glory for our own salvation. That's the natural instinct of man. What did Abraham say to God? What are you going to do with Ishmael? What did Cain do when God rejected it? Did he go and say, "Abel, I, can I have? I want to. I need one of your, your lambs so I can offer the right sacrifice." No, he went and killed his brother. going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves on the righteousness of God. So we didn't submit ourselves to the righteousness of God. Why? God tells us. So he hems us in some more. Thank God he hems us in at all. Because he could just leave you alone. But he hems you in, and he hems you in, and he brings you to this place, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And he brings you to that place, the same place that God spoke about the publican, who cried out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The same place that the prodigal son 
said, the Bible states that he came to himself and he said, I will arise and go to my father. The same place that every lost person comes to, they all get hemmed in and they cry out unto God for mercy. No more excuses. And how do they get hemmed in? How is it that every single sinner gets hemmed in? By the Word of God. It's not by man's plans or man's programs or anything else. They are convinced and convicted by the Word of God in the hands of the Spirit of God. We sow and we water and it's God who gives the increase. That doesn't mean you aren't supposed to be skillful with the Word of God. Doesn't mean you're not supposed to know how to use the Word of God. Doesn't mean you ought not to be a seamstress or a tailor with the Word of God. But it doesn't mean that the Spirit of God, He's still going to have to do His work. That's the first hemming in that's ever going to take place. If that one doesn't take place, there's nothing else that's going to happen. And there's not going to be some revelation. There's not going to be some bolt of lightning. There's not going to be some sign. There's already been a sign. Remember, remember the, uh, the rich man in hell lifted up his eyes being in torments. He said, oh, Abraham, but if one would rise from the dead, they'll believe. Well, one has risen from the dead and they still won't believe. What did he say? Well, they have Moses and the prophets. They can hear them. What, he, what essentially did he say? They have the word of God. They can hear them. Now I want you to look and the same thing applies. See, here you are, lost sinners. You're here and the Word of God and you, are, you get away from God's Word and everything's okay. I spent the end of the services in the bathroom because Dad would give an invitation. And we'd sing hymns like Just As my I Am, Almost Persuaded. And boy, it'd burn me up. And so I'd, I'd get up and go to the bathroom. Cold water all over, down my back. we get home, and guess what? You're out from under the Word of God for, you know, what was it, 72 and a half hours or whatever it is till Wednesday night. But there came a day I couldn't do it anymore. And the only thing I said... Is Lord, he said, I will, in all that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast you out. So here I'm coming. 
He said, you deceived me. And he did. And he gave me his righteousness. But now I want you to look forward. So if you're here without Christ, you'll get hemmed in by his word. And you are not going to like it any more than a fish out of water. But then I want you to notice, if you would, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. You and I as children of God. And <clears throat> we have to do the same thing. James, As James said, James wasn't writing to lost people. Remember, he said we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So when we leave the house of God tonight, and you go through life, this book is about life. This Bible is about life. And you're going to go through a lot of things in this life. You're going to deal with a lot of things in life. You're going to have relationships in life. You're going to be a husband. You're going to be a wife. You're going to be a brother, a sister. You're going to be a father. You're going to be a son. You're going to be a, a mother. You're going to be a daughter. You're going to be a whole bunch of things. Guess what? This book tells you how to be those things. And it tells you what to do when they're difficult. And it tells you how to be a husband when the wife isn't being the kind of wife that the Bible tells her how to be. And it tells you how to be a wife when the husband isn't being the kind of wife he's supposed to be. And it tells you how to be a parent when the kids aren't being the kids they're supposed to be. It tells you how to do all that. It tells you how to be a church member. Tells you how to be a, a giving church member, a faithful church member. Tells you how to be a pastor. Tells you all sorts of things. In fact, there's nothing you don't need to know. It's all here. Everything's here in this book. And in Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says this. Verse 6, be careful for nothing... But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to do something. I'm going to, y'all went through this with me. The church that I pastor, and the church that my dad and my brother pastor, and then you all. Y'all went through this with us. I'd probably say these ones, y'all went through it with us the most. These four churches, out of all the churches, and y'all know there was a lot of churches that went through it with us, y'all went through it the most. <clears throat> when I got off of the TICU, the trauma ICU floor, I would been sedated for at least two weeks. And I got off the TICU and I came up to the trauma floor. And I was there and I was laying there and 
Cassie, I think she was starting to nap or she had gone to check on something and I was laying there and I said, Lord, I said, people are going to ask me and I'm going to have to be able, I'm going to have to reply to them about what's happened and what's transpired. And I was just laying in the hospital bed and I didn't have access to a Bible. And I said, what am I going to say? What do you want me to say? And you know what came to mind? Scripture. Because God only speaks through Scripture. He doesn't speak through anything else. He didn't give me any revelation. He didn't see any stars. He didn't see any visions or anything else. And he hemmed me in on Scripture. And so, whatever you're going through in life, and this is an exercise that you can do in whatever you're dealing with. You go to work, you don't get a promotion you think you deserve, go home, Lord, why didn't I get this promotion? Don't get a pay raise, Lord, why didn't I get a pay raise? I remember right before the Lord called me to to go to Plant City, I put in for a job, a really good job job, like a career position. The guy who was retiring was my manager's uncle. The plant manager was my manager's other uncle. I got a great recommendation from my manager. I knew absolutely nothing about what I was going to do which made me the perfect candidate because then once they trained me, I would only know the way they wanted me to do it. I interviewed extremely well. They hired someone else. I could not figure out why I didn't get the job. Couldn't figure it out. It would have been so perfect. Had insurance, had retirement, 40 plus hours if I wanted it. And then Brother McDonald called. And I said, okay, now I know. But I'm laying up there in the C3 trauma floor I said, Lord, I never asked him why it happened. Still haven't. Don't really care. I said, Lord, what am I going to say? And he directed me to a book, a fellow by the name of Job. Now, Job lost all his kids, they all died. All mine are still here. Job lost all his businesses, all his income. It was gone. 
Remember, all the servants came, everything's died, I alone escaped. I got workman's comp. That's better than what Job had coming in. Not enough to live off of. Some churches have given support. Lord laid it on their hearts to do so. Job's wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Doctors told my wife to plan my funeral three or four times. She's looking up amputation stuff for when I can go home. Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay. He directs me there to Isaiah 46. I'm going to turn over there because I don't remember all these by heart and it's getting late for me. But I want to just go over this with you to give you a practical example. And again, this took a little time. And I know we live in a microwave generation where everything has to be instinct. I don't have time for this, God. I need the answers now. I don't have time to sit down and go through your word. You better make time. You better make time to pray about it. You better make time to wait on God for the answers. And I know we live in a very fast time because there are microwave uh, directions on Pop-Tarts. So people don't even have time to toast Pop-Tarts. But if, if you can't pray and actually put some exercise, then you're never going to get what Paul said in Philippians 4, and that is peace that passeth understanding. You won't get it. You're not going to have it. In Isaiah 46, in verse 9, he said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, a man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yeah, I have spoken it. I will also... Bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Okay. How about where God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I'm the potter and you're the clay. How about that verse? How about where God had Paul write, Who art thou that repliest against God? Kind of hard to look to God and say, how dare you take my arm? How dare you let this infection get in me? When it says, he, he's the Lord, right? He's God, there's none else. He just got done saying, I'm sovereign, I'm in control.
about 2 Corinthians chapter 12? I know we're familiar with this and we all we all like to apply it, but I don't know if we really mean it. <clears throat> and I know we're all probably familiar with Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah, but we don't really mean that. I mean did it really work together for good? I mean, did it really work together for good? <laughs> That's, you know it will. You know it has. But the guy who wrote that, humanly speaking, got beaten and left for dead outside of city walls. He spent a night and a day in a deep. He got whipped five times. I mean, we're not talking about stuff you and I've been through. We're talking about some serious stuff. But it applies to what we go through too, right? But I want you to look here, Paul. We know we know Paul, he gets a thorn in the flesh, and he prays unto the Lord three times, and here's God's answer, verse nine, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul replies, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. I'm, I'm still not there yet. I'm, I'm not there. I don't take pleasure in my infirmity. I wish I had my right arm every day. I miss it every day. I might get here one day, but I'm not here yet. I thank God I have the grace I have and he's given me to be able to approach it the way I have. If he hadn't, I wouldn't be. But I miss my arm every day. And then God took me back to Job. And I had to say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when you go through things, Whether you're, I don't know who the oldest is here, I'm not going to ask. Or whether you're Robert's age, or whether you're the, the young, young lady Smith's age here, one of your newer church members, that y'all just baptized. Okay. You're that young. And you're going to go through things, even at that age. 
And I'm ashamed to say I didn't approach it this way, but this is the way to approach these things. In the Word of God. Hem yourself in by the Word. Lord. Ask the Lord, how do you want me to see this? How do you want me to approach this? What are you doing? And the answer is in the Bible. The answer is in the Word. That's why you need to study the Word every day. Because you have to fill your heart. That's why you have to lodge the Word in your heart. Because this book may not always be accessible to you. And I don't just mean with persecutions if they take away the Bible. You might be in a hospital bed and you may not be able to have it. I couldn't see. My eyes wouldn't focus. And the Spirit of God is not going to recall to your mind a Bible verse that isn't there. So, apply the Scripture. Cleanse your ways by applying the Word of God. And one day, the Spirit of God will take that and bring it up and say, here you go. And he will what? In in this case, in this instance, he'll give you peace that passeth understanding. And you know what will happen? God will be glorified. God's glorified. Man, you're handling it so well. Praise the Lord. He's the one that's doing it. I have bad days. I have hard days. Days. I have difficult days. Difficult times. I have down times. I have times where I am down. Mentally, physically, emotionally. That's standard for when you lose a limb. What I don't have are, woe is me, how could this happen to me? How dare this happen to me? How could God do this to me? I don't have any of that. None of that. And I give God the credit for it. Because I can be a negative Nancy like most people. And I bet most of us can be. And so I hope that you'll be hemmed in by the Word of God. And I hope that you'll learn to be hemmed in. And you'll hem yourselves in through your experiences. And you'll help each other to hem one another in. When one's going through something, when a brother or sister's going through something, hem them in. Hem them in in a place of safety and security. When a brother or sister are going through difficulty, when they're in a dangerous place, put them in a safe place by hemming them in with the Word of God because the Word of God is very safe. If you're dealing with a lost person, the safest place is Christ Jesus. So hem them into Christ.
If you're dealing with a brother or sister in Christ who's, who's having difficulty, what do you do? Hem him in with God's word. That's where you have to be skillful with the sword. You got to know how to use it. You got to know how to apply it. That's where the maturity comes in. That's why the Bible says the aged men are to teach the younger men. So the aged men, they got to know their scriptures and teach the younger men how to use it. And the aged women teach the younger women how to use it. And that happens, starts in the homes and, and it goes on and on. Say, well, I don't have time. Well, put this down. Put your keyboard down. Put your TV down. And you'll have time. It takes, on average, on average, 20 minutes a day to read four chapters. And if you read four chapters a day, you are 228% more likely to evangelize. Isn't that amazing? Or something like that. I forget all the statistics. Isn't that amazing? 20 minutes! 20 minutes. That's the time of a sitcom without the commercials. Those of you who don't know what commercials are, they used to have those before streaming. So, but thank you all for the opportunity to preach and the privilege. And out on the table, out in the foyer, which is a fancy way of saying the entryway. There's a box out there where you can put questions in. And just everybody write, can we have Brother Hilly preach more often? And put them in there.